Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Here from Loot News, we're flying solo this episode. My guest, Chris, will be unable to record this week. But we will have a special episode next Saturday. And it's a good one. We'll have it with Chris. But I can't tell you as much as I want to. You're just going to have to wait and see what it's going to be about. This episode, I know you're scratching your head and pondering, why is this episode called Lobster Boy? If you haven't heard of Lobster Boy, it's a twisted story of a deformed carnival boy who committed crimes in the late 1970s, early 90s. Before we get to it, let's start with a little bit of trending on Twitter. Hashtag disgust me in four words. Neo Carlton says, people coughing without covering, which I will agree with Carlton. That's, that is a big one with me, especially I got kids. I mean, if you're going to, you're going to cough, cough in your, you know, elbow or arm or whatever, just cover it. I mean, I don't want your hands coughed into, but anything covered better than none. Anna Waves, 21, pineapple on a pizza. Now, I agree with this, but then again, no, I'm a plain Jane kind of guy. I, I love just pepperoni pizza. Sometimes meat lovers, sometimes, and you can't go wrong with bacon, but no, no pineapple, no supreme, no, you know, whatever, buffalo, nothing, nothing, just normal. Laura of the Storm didn't wash their hands. Now, this is another one. This ranks right there with the whole coffin without covering your mouth. Wash your hands. It's not that hard. Use the restroom. Just wash your hands. I mean, it's good for you. It's good for everybody else. I know you see the sign that says employees must, but I wish it would just say everyone must because that's gross. That's a great way to spread the love. Rennie Ren 2. Parents abandoning their children. Now, I will agree also is um, I don't know exactly what this person I don't know if it's a personal thing or, or what, but I will agree. I mean, yeah, it's not a good thing, you know, to abandon your kids. I mean, if, if, if you have kids or if you have a kid, then you set the responsibility, you know. I mean, if you have to give them up for adoption, I understand if you had to. Like I said, I really don't know if this is talking about abandoning your kids. I don't know. That's a little deeper for the person who posted it. But no, that's not good. Another one by Neil Carlton. Not saying thank you. Now, this one here, you know, it does bug me. I'm a little old-fashioned. No matter what it is, I'm going to say thank you, regardless. And um, when my, you know, my say my kids receive something from somebody, I will tell them to say thank you if they don't say it. It's just one of the small, common courtesy things that a lot of people don't do. The old thing is, uh, call me old-fashioned. <laughs> Another third one by Neo Carlton. McDonald's, sorry, no milkshake. Now, <laughs> the memes that flood, the memes that flood, um, you know, about, it does seem like every time you want something, and to me, it's not the milkshake machine that's broken. It's usually the, oh, I'm sorry, sir, we're accepting cash only. That's usually my story from McDonald's. Uh, you know, the the, car, you know, the credit card reader's down or whatever. That's usually my story, but... But the, the, the meme with the milkshake machine being out of order is, you know, hit deep, hit deep pretty long. Another trending hashtag, I would never eat. So all these I'm saying, I will start with I would never eat. Kazat Rev, I would never eat here again. <laughs> now, apparently this person has a bad experience 
um, assuming with uh, wherever he or she ate at. At Pickle Me Up, I would never eat lima bean. Eh, I don't got I mean, you know, you put lima beans in soup or something, I, I don't matter to me none. I'll eat that. At My Chell TS, I would never eat only once a day. Eating is my favorite thing. Heart emoji. I will hop on board at 100%. If I had to eat once a day, then I'm not going to say I would die, but I would say I would not want to live each day. Food is a big thing. I love it. Love it. All right. At Flinders Emma, I would never eat food that's still moving. Now that, that, that's absolutely nasty. Um, you know, to, to each their own. I could never eat like, you know, octopus or, or something. You know, yeah, you're trying to eat it, little tentacles all, you know, legs just flopping around the table. And I've heard stories, I don't know if it's true, I've heard stories of the, you know, be careful, the suction cups on them, you know, get stuck in your throat. Don't know the, the truth behind that, but that just sounds absolutely terrifying. And I'm not looking for more than that of a reason not to eat something like octopus or squid or whatever. Joe Carnell, I would never eat with my mouth open. And that one's another big one. That is another manners big one for me. Common courtesy big one is I understand if your mouth's like barely open, you know, like when you're chewing, but I don't want to see what you're eating. I don't want to see the back of your throat. So, I mean, I I will agree with that one. Um, I hate that. I, I hate that. And we're gonna finish up. I had to, I had to catch this one. This was this was actually okay. If anyone knows me that listens to listens to me, I'm a corny guy. Don't take much to make me laugh. Okay. Slip Pig and Mario says, "I would never eat a clown because I think they probably taste funny." Do do. Come on, come on now. That that was original. That was awesome. You could you could have that one right there. Joke of the day. Go tell your go tell your friends, family, coworkers, colleagues, whoever you want to tell. All right, we're gonna move on to uh, streamer spotlight. Now, streamer spotlight's kind of boring this week, not too terribly crazy much, but we do have reports that say Twitch viewership dropped sharply after losing Ninja and Shroud. Twitch viewership at the tail end of 2019 took a steep nosedive right after losing two of their biggest streamers, Ninja and Shroud, to Mixer. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, it, it really started with Ninja. You know, it was the big thing where he made the movement to go to Mixer, then Shroud went, then Courage went to YouTube. So, I mean, the, the, you know, they're losing some big boys. Yeah. They still got Tim and Tap, man, and, and Dr. Disrespect. I mean, they still got big guys, big hitters, but it it may came you know may come to no surprise. But Twitch viewership at the tail end of 2019 took a steep nosedive, despite seeing major growth over the course of the year. Quarter four failed to surpass last year's numbers for a total hours watched. Twitch reports 2.3 million hours watched this year, which is some 300,000 hours less than 2018. The record-breaking end of the calendar year for Twitch was thwarted by the departure of some of the platform's biggest names. Among those who left Twitch for rival streaming services during the course of the year are Ninja and Shroud, both leaving to join Microsoft's Mixer a few months ago. And if anybody don't know what I'm talking about from that point is Microsoft's Mixer. That is, um, you know, 
one one of the biggest competitors uh, for Twitch, Amazon's Twitch. Two of the biggest names in streaming, both Ninja and Shroud, both attract cult-like followings thanks to their affable on-stream personalities and in-game expertise. Fortnite is the game that helped them, and many others rise to the internet stardom. But it's their quality content that makes their streams stand out. So obviously, you know, watched are their streams, but in fact, Ninja and Shroud issued offers for nearly every major streaming platform. But Mixer is where they both landed, I'm assuming because, you know, they offered the highest. But as a result, Twitch was left with ninja-shaped hole in their content that few, if any, were equipped to fill. And to make matters worse, like the likes of YouTube and Facebook gaming, cast their nets all around a few other notable Twitch personalities, like Courage and, and uh, Disguised Toast and Valkyrie, which she's off of uh, Thieves 100, were also among those who ditched Twitch for a competing platform. Reasons given by the streamers for leaving Twitch vary greatly. It's difficult to see anything else besides money weighing in a decision like this. It isn't exactly clear how much money, um, you know, the major streamers were offered to jump, but it's speculated that players like Ninja could have received ten to thirty million million dollars. Others may not be, you know, of course, quite that fortunate, but it's safe to say anyone who's awarded a contract was compensated handsomely. Or their newfound allegiance. Which I thought was pretty pretty crazy. But in the wake of this trade war for content creators, Twitch took the biggest hit. Twitch was also the most well-off before this conflict. So the news isn't exactly coming as a shock to anyone that's followed the streaming community over the past, you know, few months. But the inverse effect was seen on other platforms. Many other services are still working to find their footing. But the arrival of new personalities like Ninja or Shroud, certainly helped them up and moving, and also YouTube Gaming with Courage and Disguised Toast. For instance, Courage's move to YouTube coincides with a spike in viewership, although a tech crunch suggests a direct correlation between the Courage's arrival and the jump in the hours watched may be more easily attributed to new variants in content such as broadcasting esports events, which that's true too. I mean, Fortnite had a lot of um, Fortnite had a lot of little freebies. You know, if you connected your Epic account to YouTube and then watched the live events, and also Call of Duty Modern Warfare has um, drops enabled on uh, several streamers that were sponsored by Call of Duty, and you watch the streams for I believe it was went from like one, four, and six or something like that hours, and then you get like some special sprays. Um, or emblems, XP, and that would go, um, you know, to your Modern Warfare. You had to connect your uh, Activision account uh, to your Twitch. But, I mean, like I said, it's not a shocker that Twitch's viewerships, you know, dropped after several big names have left. There's just so much drama right now around Twitch uh, in general. But and then, and then uh, um, of, of all things... Now, see, here's one of the cool things, though. I mean, we give, you know, a lot of people give Ninja crap and stuff, you know. But Ninja, okay, another story by Ninja, donates $30,000 um, to Lackland's hashtag Fight the Fires charity stream. Ninja donated $30,000 toward Lackland's Australian bushfires charity stream, leaving him totally speechless. So in a video, he's just doing a stream, 
and then bam, drops out, very G's, um, toward the charity, which I thought was, you know, pretty cool. You know, they, they, people get on him and stuff, um, you know, various things, you know, drama, this or that, bring up his past, that kind of stuff. But it's always cool to see people give back. And lastly, we're going to talk about uh, stuff, a, a few things people may have not known. But um, Twitch partner Jenna, her chat logs reveal racist, homophobic, and sexist slurs. But a Reddit post revealed um, you know, a pattern of horrible comments from Twitch streamers which has resulted in calls for her to be banned from the platform, which if you're not really caught up in the news of streaming, people getting banned left and right from Twitter or from Twitch, like mad. But Twitch partner Jenna is under the fire after a leaked Discord logs show a pattern of racist, sexist, homophobic, and anti-Semitic slurs being written by the streamer. Jenna is making headlines around the world, although it's for all the wrong reasons. The Twitch partner is coming under intense scrutiny for leaked Discord chat logs that appeared in Reddit and are full of horrific language that you wouldn't expect from her, a sanctioned Twitch streamer. The post appeared on Reddit yesterday and revealed a pattern of homophobic, racist, sexist, and anti-Semitic comments from Jenna. Some of it gets so bad you think you'd accidentally stumble upon into a 8chan message board. And it's, uh, I'm reading it now and it's... Liberal use of the homophobic slurs can be seen through the log, while any criticism of her language is often met with accusations of being a snowflake. At one point, she engages in an exchange where it seems to complain about the fact all her stalkers are brown. Later, she responds to criticism, I don't give a, about being racist. At times, discussions seem to be border on white supremacy. Luckily for us, Jenna was actually streaming when the Reddit post went live, and we get to see her panicked reaction as she realizes the racist cat is out of the bag. After a few moments of shaking, she then feigns amnesia, saying, honestly, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> Jenna was able to remember the exact context when she was 17 on the sexual assault allegations, but honestly, I don't remember doing any of this. A later clip shows Jenna repeating herself, but then admits that she loses her Twitch partnership. I deserve it. But, you know, various Twitch personalities, like I've mentioned already before, have received bans for a lot less than what I just read. But anyways, this isn't the first time that Jenna's come under fire. The Reddit post from earlier this month revealed a streamed mission of sexual assaulting another man when she was 17. After initially being rejected, she threatened to roast him on Twitch channel for not kissing her. He then relented, and Jenna was saying that she got her way. Twitch has yet to comment on the growing issue, but various Redditors are calling her Twitch channel to be taken down. We wouldn't be surprised to see her channel and Discord servers banned in the upcoming days. Wow. That's, in, that's, that's, that's crazy. I mean, that just shows you. You, th you think you know somebody, and you don't. And I think the same rule should apply for both male and female. You know, it should be no one-way street. You are what you are. No matter what the gender you identify as, you know, you are what you are. But moving right along, let's get into some odd news. Good old odd news. Now, more than $40,000 was found inside a couch purchased from a thrift store. Yeah, yeah. A Michigan man who noticed something amiss about the couch he bought from a thrift store. 
he found more than 40,000 stashed inside a cushion. <laughs> Howard Kirby said he bought the couch from the, the Habitat of Humanity Restore in Awasa and used it in his man cave. For a few weeks before deciding to investigate why the foot cushion was unusually firm, Kirby's daughter-in-law opened up the cushion and discovered bundles of cash totaling $43,170. Kirby said a lawyer told him he would be within his rights to keep the cash, but he decided to contact a store to see if they could identify the couch's original owner. The money was presented Thursday to Kim Foth Newberry, who recently deceased grandfather as the original owner of the furniture. She said her family has no idea he had such a large amount of cash stashed away. Foth Newberry said the story almost had a very different ending. Her family had considered burning the couch if they couldn't find a thrift store to accept it. And, you know, kudos to that gentleman in Michigan who, you know, what would you do? I got a question for you all. What would you do? Here you are in your man cave. You got a lawyer telling you that you're within your every right to keep it. It's yours. Over $40,000. Would you keep it without saying anything to anyone? Hmm. Or would you do what he done and contact and give it back to the rightful owner? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if there's a wrong answer, right answer. Um, If you guys follow my odd news from my previous episodes, I've spoken two different times about pigeons with red cowboy hats being spotted around Nevada. Yeah, it is not over. Now, pigeons spotted in Nevada wearing tiny sombreros. Officials in Nevada City say they're trying to find and rescue a pigeon seen wandering around with a sombrero apparently glued to its head. Reno City Manager Sabra Newby tweeted photos she snapped of the sombrero-wearing pigeon she was on a ride along with the city park enforcement that day. Washoe County Animal Services said it tried to track down the pigeon so the hat could be safely removed. Two pigeons were recently spotted in Las Vegas with the cowboy hats <laughs> glued to their heads. One of the pigeons were captured by officials but later died. While quirky and fun and still inhumane, the birds suffered when this exact thing happened last year in Las Vegas. One of them recently died, and we don't want copycats. I mean, are we, <clears throat> are we that bored in life that you think to yourself, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to glue this tiny cowboy hat, you know, that belongs on Woody off Toy Story. That's what I picture it. Put it on a pigeon's head. However, I capture a pigeon, hold it tight, glue it to its head, and let it fly off. And you know what's even dumber than that? Is that there been someone out there to be a copycat pigeon hat gluer? Come on. What are you doing over in Nevada, man? Ain't, ain't like nothing to do. Must be bored. Must not work. I'm going to assume. Oh, now this, hey, this one here, um, look, I love to eat. I love to eat. So this one here just hits home for me. World's largest snicker bar is unveiled in Texas. Candy makers Mars Wrigley set a new Guinness World Record by producing a massive Snickers bar weighing in at 4,728 pounds. Yeah. The company said the Snickers bar unveiled Thursday at the Mars Wrigley plant in Waco measures 12 feet long, 24 inches in height, and 26 inches in width. The equivalent, the candy bar is the equivalent of 43,000 regular-sized Snicker bars. That's insane. Guinness confirmed that the confection met the record-keeping organization's requirements to capture the record for the world's largest chocolate nuts bar. The requirements state the bar must be at least 80% chocolate, the nuts in the entire bar must fit for the human consumption, 
So Moore's Wrigley said the giant Snicker bar will feature in an ad that will premiere during the Super Bowl of February 2nd. And off-key, off-subject, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers for the Super Bowl appearance, which both of us were pretty crazy games. Um, the NFC game, you know, the 49ers and Packers, not as nearly as intense at one point as the Chiefs and Titans were, but overall, it was it was a it was good two games. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And lastly, <laughs> men caught on camera hitching a ride on the back of a Baltimore bus. Yeah, that's right. So a traveler on a Maryland road captured video of two young men capturing a free ride on the back of a Maryland Transit Administration bus, which is absolutely crazy. A video was posted on Twitter that shows two young men standing on the rear bumper of the moving bus and holding onto the back of the vehicle. The video emerged around the same time as a photo that was showing two people sitting with their legs crossed in the back hatch of the MTA bus in Baltimore. The MTA said the hatch in the photo appears to have been tampered with and safety precautions are being put into place to prevent back panels from being opened by unauthorized people. The safety of our operators and passengers is the first priority for the Maryland Transit Administration. So, yeah. So, these two dudes are, like, they must have been going. It's not like they just, like, you know, hopped on like a moving train. But they were moving, you know, the train or the train. The vehicle's going, and somehow or another, they got through the hatch, whatever reasoning, and then went on the back of it, which was uh, insane. And there was, both of them were hitched people photos, and yeah, it's crazy, man. That is crazy. But we are now going to get to a point of this episode that I know for a fact you're just curious to hear. Lobster Boy. Do, 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 do. Lobster Boy, a.k.a. Grady Styles. Crazy. For more than a century, a peculiar physical condition known as ectrodactyly has affic- afflicted the Styles family. The rare congenital deformity makes hands look like lobster claws, as the middle fingers are either missing or seemingly fused to the thumb and pinky. While many may have viewed this condition as a handicap for the Styles family, it's spelled opportunity. As far as back as the 1800s, as the family grew and produced more children with unusual hands and feet, they developed a circus. So this, you know, so they wouldn't like his kid join the circus. No, 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 no. It was the Styles family, and there were so many deformed family members through generations that they decided to create their own circus. And what they would call a freak show is what they called it. And um, politically correct or not, I don't care. That's what it's called. Anyways, moving right along. The Lobster Family, which became a carnival staple throughout the early 20th century. Lobster Family. What a legacy. But one son, Grady Stiles Jr., would give the Stiles family a different morbid reputation when he became a serial abuser and murderer. Grady Stiles Jr. becomes Lobster Boy. Grady Stiles Jr., who would become known as Lobster Boy, was born in Pittsburgh in 1937. At that point, his father was already part of the freak show circuit, adding his kids with ectrodactyly to the act. Grady Stiles Jr.'s case was pretty severe. In addition to his hands, he also had his feet, you know, in his feet as well. Therefore, he could not walk. For most of his life, he primarily used a wheelchair, but he also learned to use his upper body to pull himself across the floor with an impressive strength. As Grady grew up, he became alarmingly strong, 
something that would benefit his homicidal rage later in life. Throughout his childhood, Stiles and his family toured with the carnival circuit, spending the off-season in the Gibson, Florida, as many carnies did. The family did well. They made anywhere between fifty to 80000 per season. And unlike a lot of freak show acts, you know, that didn't have um, to subject themselves to anything more than, you know, curious stares. Stiles grew up in the carnival world, so it wasn't a surprise that the young man he fell in love, as a young man, he fell in love with another carnival worker, a young woman named Mary. She's run away to join the circus when she was a teenager. She wasn't part of an act, just staff member. But she fell in love with Stiles, and both of them got married. Together they had two children, and like his father before him, introduced the children, of course, with ectrodactyly to the family business. But darkness emerges in Grady Stiles' life. As the children grew up, particularly Stiles' daughter, Kathy, um, you know, who did not have ectrodactyly and was therefore somewhere the apple of her father's eye, the Stiles family legacy began to take a rather dark turn. Stiles drank and combined it with an overpowering upper body strength. He became abusive toward his wife and children. At one point, he allegedly used his claw-like hand to rip his wife's IUD out within her body during a fight, and he would use his hands to choke her, something that were seemingly designed to do well. The worst was yet to come. However, when Grady Stiles' teenager daughter, Donna, fell in love with a young man that he didn't approve of, he demonstrated his fatal strength. No one exactly knows, you know, exactly what happened. Either Stiles went to see his daughter's fiancé at his home or invited the young man over, you know, as a guest, giving his blessing for the wedding plan for the next day. However it began, on the eve of the wedding, Stiles picked up his shotgun and murdered his daughter's fiancé in cold blood. One thing I want to question to this day. How, I mean, he's going to have trouble loading the gun, the shotgun. I mean, to a degree. But if it had to be an old shotgun, I guess it didn't have like a, a trigger ring around it. How's he going to stick his finger in there? How's he going to shoot it? You know? Maybe tie a string to it? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. That one, is still, that's, that one still just kind of bugs me a little bit. Because I just, I don't, I just don't understand that very much. But anyways, he soon went to trial having admitted to his act with no remorse whatsoever. But he did point out that he couldn't possibly be imprisoned. No jail could handle his disability, and to confine him to prison would be cruel and unusual punishment. He also, by this time, had acquired liver cirrhosis or cirrhosis, from drinking and had um, emphysema from years of cigarette smoking. The court realized they really had no counter-argument, as it was true that the prisons were not well-equipped to deal with any or many disabilities. Certainly not Stiles' disability. Incredibly rare one. So they let him off with 15 years probation, and he returned home. Lobster Boy had by this time divorced you know, his first wife, remarried another woman, and had two more children. He proceeded to subject them to his drunken rampages, and eventually, you know, his second wife said, I'm done with it, and divorced him. For reasons that no one, either in the Stiles family or outside of it, has been able to understand his first wife because she, uh, weirdly enough, agreed to remarry him in 1989, which is um, doesn't make really any any, uh, any any sense. But the murder of the lobster boy, you know, Maria 
her now grown children were not without their limits. Grady Stiles had evaded prison, you know, gained a sense of being above the law, and thus the beatings became more severe. His wife had finally reached her breaking point again, second marriage. A few years after she remarried Stiles, she paid her 17-year-old neighbor, Chris Wyant, $1,500 to kill him. Mary, you know, her son from another marriage um, is who it was. But, um, you know, Glenn helped her convince the idea and carry out the plan. One night, Wyatt took a 32 Colt automatic. He had, you know, a friend purchased for him into a Styles trailer. Shot him dead, point blank range. Not one of them denied that they intended to kill, you know, Grady Styles. During the trial, his wife spoke at the length of his abusive history. My husband was going to kill my family. She told the court, I believe that from the bottom of my heart. At least one of their children, Kathy, testified against him as well. The jury convicted Wyatt of second-degree murder and sentenced him to 27 years in prison. They charged his wife and her son, Glenn, with first-degree murder. She received 12 years in prison. She unsuccessfully appealed her conviction and began to serve her sentence in February of 1997. She had tried to get Glenn to take a plea bargain, but he refused. The court sentenced him to life in prison. But, you know, just a significant portion of his living family was being, you know, tried for his murder. Grady Stiles' body was put to rest, or unrest, as it were. Lobster Boy was so disliked, not just in his family, but within the community, that the funeral home could not find anyone willing to be pallbearers. Which, you know, I can't really say much. I mean, come on, dude. You know, everybody disowned him for his actions. And, you know, one person, the people worked with him, said that his anger anger issues, you know, were as bad as, as evil as Satan. So, I mean, yes, the, 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 the guy had some disabilities, but he had some psychological issues more so than anything. That just, you know, and it pulled the card like, I'm, you know, a disability can't take care of me in prison. But anyways... That is the famous Lobster Boy. Now, after this discussion, and you, you've heard me talk about him, go right now, Google it up, and look at it. It does look like Lobster Claw. Pretty crazy. But I do hope you enjoyed that little quick, quick story. Um, it's kind of a quick episode. We'll get another episode coming in uh, Thursday, as usual. But with that said, remember to always follow us at Twitter and Instagram. All, you know at Loop News, all one word, and, you know, donate, we're, we're an ad-free podcast, always will be, and, you know, donations uh, um, of any kind are not required, but always liked, but never required, but if you do feel inclined in giving monthly, um, go to patreon.com forward slash Loop News, and we only have one tier, the tier is $2 a month, that's it, who cares, it's $2 a month, and that would be, you know, episodes days before release to public. Um, definitely a shout out once a month for every time you renew. But um, anyways, do hope you enjoyed this uh, quick rendition of Lobster Boy and getting to talk to you guys. As usual, I, I, I can't speak enough how much I appreciate everyone who listens, wherever you're from, giving time out of your day to listen to me. So with that said, everyone, continue to have yourself a good rest of the morning afternoon or evening remember to return back home the way it left it in one piece 